This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Let's take a second to thank today's sponsor, Anchor. Anchor is by far the absolute easiest way to make a podcast. And when I say easy, I mean easy. First of all, it's completely free and there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit right from your phone or your computer. Best of all, with Anchor, you can add any songs from Spotify directly to your episodes. So the possibilities are endless on what you can create. Whether you want to create a music analysis, your own radio show, a deep dive on your favorite genre or artist, or something that the world's never heard before. Anchor will even help publish your show to Spotify so you can reach hundreds of millions of listeners. Oh, did I mention there's no copyright on the songs? Yeah, it's that easy. If you guys want to start a podcast that includes music, or you guys just want to start a podcast in general, get started by downloading the free Anchor app or going to anchor.fm. And if you need some inspiration, you can head over to blog.anchor.fm slash music from some more idea starters. Thank you so much, and let's get into the episode. Welcome to the Real Real Podcast with Natalie Barbu. Instagram might be your highlight reel, but we're here to talk about the real real. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to The Real Real Podcast with me, Natalie Barbu. In today's episode, I am interviewing Hyla and Adrian, who are the founders of 437, which is a clothing line that actually started out as a swimwear line. They're based in Canada, and they actually started this only at 22 years old, and they've already been featured in Forbes. Like, if that is not goals, I don't know what is. I am so beyond excited to be interviewing them, and I really, really loved just asking them questions about how they started their brand, how they became successful so quickly, and it was just a really interesting conversation that I know that you guys will love. And if you guys haven't heard of 437 yet, which I'm not quite sure how you haven't, or if you haven't seen it all over social media, now you will, and you will become just as obsessed. It's seriously so cute, and it's one of those brands that really focuses on diversity and inclusion, and it's something that I think is really important for the future of all clothing brands, you know? I really need to shout out the reviewer of the week because I have been getting so many lovely reviews and it's because of you guys. So thank you so much for the amazing reviews that you guys have left me. This review comes from Melanie and she says, I found Natalie quite randomly off of YouTube and found her podcast randomly off of this app. Out of nowhere, I found her again and became interested in the recent things she's been posting. She lives the NYC life I want to live and she has helped me so much in the path I want to take for the future. I binge listened to her podcast episodes recently as well and have been waiting for the next one so eagerly. She has been someone I aspire to be lately. She's so genuine and real on everything. Her guests on the show are absolutely amazing and it's so interesting to listen to. Whether it's downloading PDFs from Barbie Agency website to setting my post notifications on for her, I'm so curious to see the exciting things she posts next. Can't wait for the future things she does. Love you. Thank you so much. I'm so happy that I have supporters like you. I mean, that just means so much to me and I'm not just saying that. The fact that you follow me on all like all across every platform is just insane so thank you thank you thank you melanie um i think that you also dm me saying that you left your review and thank you so much for that don't forget if you dm me i will personally thank you uh if you leave a five-star review so anyways i am excited for you guys to listen to this episode with hyla and adrian they're just two amazing bosses someone that i inspire to be like and they are so young so i think that's just what's really cool about it But anyways, let's get into the episode. 
Life doesn't happen bi-weekly, so why should payday? The money you earn can be in your hands today as it should with Earnin. Earnin is an app that is changing the game when it comes to getting paid. Imagine having access to the money you've earned as you work, not just waiting for payday. With Earnin, you can access up to $100 per day or up to $750 per pay period. Just download the Earnin app and verify your paycheck. Then access up to $100 a day as you work and leave an optional tip. Any money you access plus tips are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. So think about it. The next time you're planning a special night out, you need a last minute gift for a loved one, or you face an unexpected expense, like maybe a trip to the vet, Earnin has you covered. For me, it's about having the flexibility to handle those surprise expenses that life throws my way. So whether it's unexpected bills or needing to cover rent when things are tight, Earnin gives me peace of mind knowing that I have access to my hard earned cash when I need it most. Make Earnin a part of your financial routine and join Earnin's over three and a half million customers who say things like, when I think about Earnin, I think about financial stability, security. It gives me a lot of peace of mind. Download Earnin today, spelled E-A-R-N-I-N, in the Google Play or Apple App Store. When you download the Earnin app, type Real Real under podcast when you sign up. It really helps the show, so please don't forget that step. Real Real under podcast. Earnin is a financial technology company, not a bank. Subject to your available earnings, daily max, pay period max, and location. See earnin.com slash TOS for details. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Let's talk about styling hair because it is a whole production, especially when you are battling frizz. And take it from me, I live in Miami, Florida. It is about to be summer. I really know frizz, but honestly, I would rather be doing something else like booking a spontaneous vacation to St. Bart's or rewatching the Heirs tour for like the third time. You know, the important stuff. But who actually has time for frizz? Introducing Way's new anti-frizz cream, it is like a superhero for your hair. It provides immediate frizz control that lasts up to 72 hours. I actually brought it on a trip with me and my friend borrowed it and she purchased it right then and there because it was that good. So how does this fit into my hair routine? It is the best thing I could have done for my hair. I am all about saving time and the anti-frizz cream does just that. Plus the Sydney inspired North Bondi scent is so amazing. You can thank bergamot, Italian lemon violet and more. And as someone who is always concerned about heat damage because I definitely use a lot of heat on my hair, this anti-frizz cream provides heat protection, which is such a big relief. And my hair feels so much lighter and looks smoother after using it. Get busy being frizz free with Way's new anti-frizz cream. It's not just about taming frizz. It also provides heat protection up to 450 degrees, reduces inner pair split ends, quenches dry hair with intense hydration. And according to a consumer perception study, 90% of participants agreed that their hair looked less frizzy after using it. I can definitely contest that. And while you're at it, check out Way's other bestsellers like the leave-in conditioner, which I also use, detox shampoo, fragrances, hair oils, and hair gloss. They're all essential for achieving that salon-worthy look at home. So you can frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com and enter promo code RealReal for 15% off any product. That's T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com, promo code RealReal. Hi, guys. Thank you so much for joining me on my podcast. We're so excited to be on. Thank you so much for having us. Yeah, I'm so excited to have you guys on. I just wanted to get right into setting the record straight. So this is where I say some stereotypes or assumptions, and then you're going to tell me if they're true or false. So the first one is there's not enough diversity in the fashion industry. I think that's true. 
Yeah. Yeah. I feel like you, your brand does such a good job at highlighting diversity and including women of all shapes, sizes, races. And I just feel like that's lacking from what I've seen in just like the general fashion industry. But I hope that your brand and other brands are like starting that movement of having a more inclusive, diverse brand. You're doing a great job at it. I mean, I love 437 for that one of that, those reasons. Like it does a really great job at making sure everyone is included. Thank you. We can always do better, but um, I'm glad you noticed our past. Yeah. And the next one is you need to be in a big city to create your own line. Definitely not. True. Um, Adrian and I started this in the smallest town outside of Toronto where we were going to school. It was like a college town. And because it's e-commerce, it's just wherever your laptop is in the world, you can start a company. Right. Yeah. I feel like now anyone can kind of start a business. Like you don't have to be in a big city, but I know you, Hila, you had moved to LA for a little bit, right? Did that help um, grow the company or do you think that that's not like needed anymore to like go to a bigger city? It's definitely not needed, but obviously relationships are such an integral part of the growth of a company. So, you know, being in the middle of where a lot of relationships in the fashion influencer marketing world is definitely helps. Um, Being in LA definitely did open a lot of doors in terms of relationships and people that now are in our lives and have helped grow in the company. But, you know, could we be here without that time in LA? Definitely. I just think you have to make sure you get yourself out there. You're connecting over social. Um, you're doing what you have to do. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. I mean, I'm from North Carolina. So when I started everything, like it, I wasn't in like a big city at all. It was just a really small like town in North Carolina. And now I'm in New York, but I'm realizing that Honestly, as long as like you were saying, you make those connections, which you can make over a call or just by visiting for a few weeks or a few days, that's more important than you don't actually have to like completely move your life and move there. Yeah, exactly. And it's funny, you're from North Carolina. So is our best friend. He's Matt James. The He's on The Bachelor now. Yeah, and yeah. He, uh, he always talks about Bojangles. Yes, yeah. I am honestly, unpopular opinion, not the biggest fan of Bojangles, but it is, it is really like... It's very, very buttery, southern, good southern food. So good southern cheap food. <laughs> we love that. Yeah, I, I would recommend if you visited. Like it's a staple, that and like cookout, which is another fast food place. <laughs> no, no. Um, and then the next one is you should have a fashion degree to create your own fashion line. False. <laughs> we did it. Yeah, like we both went to business school. That's where we met and that's where we started the company. And then when we decided to start 437, neither of us had any fashion experience or design experience. So I think that just like really speaks to if you're really passionate about something and you really want to make something happen, you can, you know, find whatever resources you need to, to make it possible. I think like with the internet now, it's, there's pretty much no limit to like what you're able to do and, and um, the information you're able to find for free too. Right. Right. Yeah. I definitely think um, I was talking to a photographer before this podcast and she was like, anyone now can learn how to be a photographer. Like you do not need to go to school for it. Like a lot of things, like you don't need to go to school specifically for fashion to start a successful fashion line. And so what are your backgrounds besides, so you went to business school and that's how you guys met. But before that, did you guys know that you wanted to go into fashion or what like was your background before starting this line? 
I definitely um, didn't know I was going to get into fashion, but I think my calling towards the last two years of business school was the entrepreneurial, the tech startup vibe. So maybe I naturally would have been in e-commerce, but I could never say that I thought that I was going to end up in a brand where we're both looking at designs and all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say, I'd say I was always like interested in becoming my own boss. I don't think I necessarily had the same level of interest in like entrepreneurship or at least some of the entrepreneurial roots I was looking at, but I was always interested in fashion, retail, um, just like for my own personal, like in my own personal life. Yeah. So uh, I think just, it was like a time and place thing that really allowed us to come together on 437 because it wasn't like it was a dream of ours to start a fashion line or anything like that. Yeah. And how did you two meet? How did you guys become friends? We met in our first year. Both of us went to uh, Queen's University and we started in the business program. So in our first year, we were essentially in the same class. Uh, So we had like a bunch of our classes together and we just really became friends through that. Um, Neither of us were super social. Um, Like we weren't part of a popular crowd or anything like that. So I think we we just found like a lot of comfort um, in like our friendship and just like doing our own thing. And I think that kind of carried forward all the way to 437, like in, when we founded it in fourth year, because I think our school at least really pushed like traditional business routes, whether it was accounting or marketing or consulting, investment banking. And Hyla and I just didn't see ourselves fitting in with any of those things. So that's like kind of, it really speaks to the, like our friendship and how we kind of like to do not necessarily the thing a lot of other people were doing at the time. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's nice to have someone that you do have that, like you share that in common with, and you guys did seem to share like the same kind of goals and paths. And when you decide to create a, a swimwear line, cause you guys started with swimwear, right? The yeah. brand. So when you guys create started that, what idea sparked that? Like what made you guys think like, this is a business that we want to go into together? We were, um, on our, third year of university we were on exchange so I was studying in Italy Adrian was studying in France and on the weekends we would meet up and go travel and then one weekend we were in the Amalfi Coast and I remember we had the worst bathing suits in our suitcases because they were just like not flattering on our bodies they were just really designed for tall slim bodies and we are five foot three curvy love to eat get bloated normal girls and so we're like this can't be right there has to be some sort of solution and so because we couldn't find anything we said you know what when we get back let's let's see if we can design something for ourselves um you know then once we had that product we were like wow we love this on our bodies and if we love it so much like we want to get this in the hands of like every female that we know Um, because we've never felt that empowered in our entire lives in a bathing suit, to be honest with you. Um, So that's essentially what sparked 437 was this mission to make every woman in the world feel confident and empowered in our bathing suits um, and feel that comfort that we felt in it and that ability to like have a burger at the beach or have that second serving of pasta the night before your trip um, and realize that like, yeah, the design of your suit really does make an impact. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what started 437. And the since then, it's it's always just been about empowering women, empowering our team, um, and just growing it. Yeah. And you guys say that you had the 
that first product and knew other people would love it. But how did you like start designing the product? How did you even find someone to manufacture it when you, if you didn't have like that experience beforehand? I think that it really just started off like, what are the suits that we would like to wear? So Hila and I kind of sat down in a cafe one day and literally printed off um, just some female figures on a piece of paper. And then we just started sketching, like, what do you think of this look? What do you think of that look? And then we came up with four designs that we felt like were really staple um, suit designs that every woman should have in their wardrobe. So we came up with those first four and then it literally became just a process of like trying to learn as we go. We had no idea how to get into manufacturing. So we went on Google and we just Googled how to find a manufacturer. (laughs) So I think like our experience with, with learning all these things is so similar to what any girl's experience would be. Um, Just the fact that we didn't have the background in it, but we're looking to whatever resources we had at the time, mostly Google. Uh, And then we just kind of went from there. We had to really like play around with different things. Uh, be open to like experimenting trying and then eventually we got to a point where we found someone that we were happy with and then that was its own learning curve but yeah I think every single time that we've approached something that we didn't know how to do we just would kind of look for answers online yeah I mean that's again like you were saying like everything is now googleable everything you can find online and you don't need to have the connection you don't need to have the the education behind it because you can really learn as you go from from when you started like sitting down that cafe, sketching it to when you actually had the physical product in your hand, how long did that take you guys? 10 months. Yeah. Wow. That's a lot of people. I feel like think it's like quick, you know, like, Oh, I'll sketch something, send it out and it'll come back in a a few weeks. But I feel like it takes a lot, lot longer. It could be a lot less, but I remember our initial sketches were, you know, right at the beginning of our last year of university. So it wasn't until we graduated that we then went on a manufacturing trip and then one month into that trip, we had that initial sample. So it was, it took a long time, but I think that if we were able to sketch today, you know, when could we have that sample? If we were able to just, you know, work with the manufacturer right away, I think that it could be closer to that six month um, mark. That first time is just always very difficult because working mm-hmm. with a new manufacturer, I mean, Adrian knows this. I mean, she does most of this stuff and, it's just the communication barriers, the understanding of the brand, the quality. I see it, you know, secondhand and it's just always a challenge. Right. No, I, I mean, I can't even imagine how difficult it must be because you have this vision in your head and then seeing it come to life. I'm sure there's like little tweaks that you want to do where it's not perfect and you want to put out that like perfect first product. When you started, did you have those original four or how many products did you launch with? Yeah, we launched with those four. And then we had, um, I think, three colors. So black, white, and then like a baby blush pink. Um, So yeah, we just launched with those few styles. And at the time, I think we kind of like, we almost wished that we had more maybe, but we quickly realized that it was such a blessing for us to only have those four styles because as as we began to market them on Instagram and email and all this stuff, we realized it was so much easier for people to like start recognizing our brand when there was only four styles that people would see from us. We had a huge catalog of products and you know, no one could really recognize something as being 437. Right. So what, right. what originally was something that we thought maybe was like going to kind of go against us ended up being something that we were really happy with. Yeah. And did you guys sit down and write like an extensive business plan before starting or did you guys kind of just go with it and start? 
I, I am very pro don't doing the hundred page business plan going into something because things change by the minute, by the day, like just so quickly, obviously we had, we went to business school, so we weren't just doing things with no research or discussion beforehand. Everything was quite intentional, but everything was just kind of like last minute up in the air. We don't know, but we're going to trust our gut. Um, But I definitely think it's important to like sit down with yourself or your business partner and really map out what you're seeing for this business, what the priorities are, what the goals are within like that one year period, you know, and then achieving that first big milestone. And then from there being like, okay, there's some traction here. That's the biggest thing is you want to just see if there's traction, if this is a viable business. Once you have that, then it's like, okay, let's sit down and really map out the next two to three years. I mean, Adrian and I, like we try to say that we set goals, but we always get caught up in doing other things. But it's really important that we do take that at least once a year that we sit down and we're like, where do we want to be a year or two from now? Right. Yeah. I mean, I am definitely with you on like not having that hundred page business plan before you start. Cause I think a lot of people are scared to start something until it's perfect. And until they know their financials for the next five years. And like, even now, I mean, just with Corona, I mean, you can see everything changes just like that. So I feel like a business plan that is that extensive isn't actually that helpful and can actually kind of set you back and like procrastinate, honestly. For sure. And And also, the thing that I think people forget is that, you know, older and your ideas change and you learn so many things, what you're going to want for your company is going to change as well. So you may have this idea of where you want to be 10 years from now when you first started the company, but then two years in, you realize, okay, that's actually not where I'm hoping to be. I want to be this instead. So that's kind of like something that we always say is like, if you're interested in starting a company, just start now and then make those changes as you go, because the changes will come. Right. No, I totally agree with you. And when you decided to first launch, how did you kind of get that momentum? How did you get the first product into people's hands? And did you do like influencer marketing right away? Did you kind of sell it at your school or who were your first customers? We always had the mentality that we didn't want our first customers to be like, we push it on our personal Facebooks Um, at the time. Yeah, I guess we had Instagram, but it was like a little bit different, but you know, push it to our personal Instagrams and be like, Hey friends and peers in our classes, please purchase from us. Like we said that we didn't want to come out that this was 437 was ours until it was actually doing like semi well. Um, so the first order was actually one of our best friends, Ken's, who's now our operations director. Um, but other than like a one or two like exceptions of like really close friends, you know, we thought that the first time we were going to launch that collection of four suits, we were going to sell out that day. You know, we saw mm-hmm. so many swimwear brand founders like that was like their journey. Oh my God, I can't believe we sold out in 10 minutes, you guys. But also we each had like 500 followers personally on Instagram at the time 437 had a couple thousand like our business was not set up clearly to sell out so I don't know why we were so naive that it would but um so yeah it was like one of those things where we launched and we had like one or two customers that day and then zero the next zero the next and then maybe like five that month in total orders and then maybe seven the next month and then 10 and then maybe 20 and then 50 like I think it was like really slow um but how it did pick up was for sure social media, like branding and influencer marketing had to be those two. We, you know, we weren't running ads. 
We weren't on any flyers or billboards. Um, it wasn't like friends and family. It was truly, if you saw us on Instagram, if we DM'd you being like, want to be an ambassador at the time, it was either those or it was we were working really hard on getting one girl with like 10,000 followers in our bathing suit. And then because of her, maybe we had one order. Um, right. And then slowly until the, another influencer with maybe 20,000 followers wanted one of our products until 50. And then one day, things were so slow. And then one day in LA, I met up this large influencer with like millions of followers was having a meet and greet in, in uh, a little bit outside LA. And but just to mention when I was living in LA 437, we weren't getting a salary for the first two years. So I wasn't, we were making a salary. I was there paying my own rent, paying my own Ubers and everything. And, um, I was like, she's having a meet and greet. Should I go drop her off a suit? I called Adrian that morning. I'm like, Oh, she's probably not even going to take it. But we're like, you know what, what do we have to lose other than like this $40 Uber that I hope can be expensed later. Um, so I was like, okay, let's do it. I went, I waited in line and then I gave her the suit. I'm like, listen, like you're such a role model to us. Like we have no expectations, but we truly just hope you love this suit. And then to our surprise, the following day, she wore it, she tagged us, um, wow. which was crazy because it was the first time we had like a major influencer wearing our product. And then finally we had a bunch of like peers and people who maybe didn't believe so much in 437 reaching out to us being like, wow, did you see this? Like finally we were like, it was kind of the point where like nothing was working for us and we were so down. It was just like that glimpse of hope that we needed to be like let's keep going we're on to something um and yeah that's kind of how it started but it wasn't like she posted and then overnight we were like this big brand like people think oh my god she posted did you guys sell out it's like yeah six orders from that post like you know it was not at all anything crazy but we definitely got like maybe 800 followers which was great um but I definitely think that it's just one of those things that you can now leverage that picture, leverage that influencer. You can get more influencers after that. You know, in my signature on my um, email, I had that picture right there. So everyone could see it, um, that we were spotted on her. Um, so yeah, it's just really funny how that whole process worked. But yeah, without influencers and a strong social brand, um, we definitely couldn't do it. That's amazing though, that all, I mean, yeah, like you said, she didn't, you didn't sell out because of that one photo, but that brand recognition that you probably got from that, like the amount of followers. So now people are constantly seeing you on their feed and then they're going to think of you when they want to buy a swimwear line. That's what I think is a cool thing about influencer marketing is it's not just about like conversion and sales right away. It's a lot about just like recognizing the brand. And when it came to branding, did you guys do your own brand stuff? Because it's so like aesthetic and like your Instagram feed is so cute and nice. So like, did you guys do that at first? Did you know that you wanted to have like a strong social media presence and was that like your own thing that you created or did you hire someone right away to do that? When we started, it was us. Um, we always knew that the Instagram feed was so important and the content we were putting out was so important. And so, yeah, we started off, we just did our best to do it ourselves. We did all of our own graphic design and web design, everything um, in house as much as we could. We had no money at all, pretty much. So we pretty much tried to make it as like lean and cheap as possible at the beginning. And then after about, I think a year and a half of doing it full time, that's when we hired our first employee to help with um, like our graphics and the feed. So since then, we've always had people doing it for us, but um, we did have to start it ourselves. So. Yeah. And with hiring your first employee, how do you guys 
like hire? How do you guys decide who is best to hire? Like, do they have to fit with like the culture at 437? I know that you have a really young group of employees, which I think is really cool. But what would you say is like the number one thing to look for when you're hiring an employee? It also depends on if it's like your first employee or you're like 15th. Um, you know, first employee, you really want someone who's like committed to that vision with you, believes in that vision, is part of that vision. In the interview, they come and say, we're going to grow this much. I'm going to make sure that we're going to be here. And that's exactly what our first employee did was just believed in us, believed in the vision. And you just want someone who just no matter what, like thinks your ideas are great is believing in them and is part of that community with you, like right off the bat. Um, it's less about like technical experience maybe, but more of like, they're just on board with that vision. I mean, as you grow, you want a mix of both. You want, they have to be part of our mission and they have to be part of this right. culture of empowering women and they have to work hard. You know, at the end of the day, this isn't just a workplace where you get to come in and like hang with all the girls. Like if we want to still be this brand that's owned and growing by a bunch of young women, we have to see results, obviously. Um, but you know, now it's like, as we hire, um, I don't know, I think we're at about 15 full-time employees now. I mean, some, somewhere around there, I think so. But um, it's like now it's, it is looking for senior talent, experience, technical skills, you know, obviously now it's at the point where it's like, okay, we aren't going to always be the smartest and the brightest in the company. We're the founders. We're always going to have the vision um, and the desire and, and drive to grow the company. But there's going to be someone who's better at, you know, social media than us. There's going to be someone who's better at graphics and marketing and design than us. And this is our time to empower them, bring them onto the team and allow them to grow those departments. Right. Yeah. I think that that's something that I'm always curious about when you're hiring that first employee, when you're deciding to expand your team, that's such a big decision. And like, that's so amazing that you guys already have a lot, like a big team around you guys, because that just shows that you guys are showing results and growing and consistently growing, which is awesome. I was reading your Forbes article. So congratulations on being on Forbes, because that's like a huge, huge, huge accomplishment in itself. Thank you so much. That was literally one of our like life goals. Um, because we went to business school, I think Forbes always had kind of a special place for us. So seeing that happen was like a huge, huge career moment, I think, for both of us. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's huge. So when I was reading that, I was like, wow, like 24 years old, three years in the business, like, that's awesome. So that was just like a really, that's really awesome. So congrats on that. Um, and then I know that you pivoted from swimwear to now, not just swimwear, like including clothing. What does, like, what inspired you to make that decision? Was that always something that you guys wanted to do from the start? I think when we started 437, we were just always open-minded to, you know, for now it's going to be swim, but we have no idea what the future is going to hold for us. I mean, feel like to our core, Adrian and I have always been that way. You know, we don't always do what the status quo is. We're always just... Our, what motivates us and excites us is growth, challenges, and empowering more women. So, you know, we kind of got to a point where we heard some feedback from our customers saying, we love the way the suits fit. I wish we could have apparel that fit the same way and we felt confident in. And then we started looking at our closets and we were like, well, now my bathing suit drawer is completely full and I'm loving it. But how about all these other pieces where like I'm purchasing it and I'm like, oh, I wish this was different. That was different. So, you know, Adrian and I just started discussing like, 
you know, maybe like, you know, at the beginning it starts off as jokes, like, you know, let's design like a sweatsuit for ourselves. And then it's just like, oh, wow, this is nice. Like actually maybe we should consider selling these. And then it just turned into like, okay, you know, A, this would be great for the seasonality of our business. Like right now, obviously summers are big thing and then we have spring break and then we have like obviously Black Friday, but how about the everyday, you know, all year round clothes that people need? Um, and then also it's just like, why not? I think like, let's allow women to feel confident in every piece of clothing that they wear, not just swim. And right. it's a challenge for us as well. So it's been really exciting. Um, a lot of, you know, a lot of launch dates have been altered due to COVID and a lot of things like that. Obviously you've probably seen some apparel on our, you know, website and, and feed already, but you know, quite honestly, we haven't really launched our apparel yet. So, mm-hmm. which just means like we have some big collections coming up in the next three months. So we're really excited to launch them. Yeah, no, that's really exciting. I mean, I think it's always kind of how you were saying to, it's always important to kind of shift and add new things or things change in a second. So being adaptable to that. And now you do have, like you were saying, that seasonality of like spring, summer, winter, whenever, like people can still be seen in 437, which I think is awesome. And what advice would you have to someone who wants to start their own fashion line, but just like doesn't even know where to start? A, what's their passion? I I mean, Adrian and I always say this, don't start a business just to start one or just to make money or because it sounds cool to be a co-founder. Also, we're the first people to tell you that just having the word co-founder title comes with a lot of responsibility, a lot of sleepless nights, a lot of crying, a lot of mental health stuff that we've gone through. So you know, sometimes we do say like, be careful what you wish for. It's not Mm -hmm. built out for, it's not meant for everybody. Um, but you know, if that's something that excites them, they're like, yes, I want to start a company. I'm so passionate about, you know, design and and fashion. Um, then it's like, okay, narrow that down. What specifically are you passionate about? And then really do a market analysis. I think that's a smart, you know, business student thing we would say is, you know, what, you know, it's not bad to have competitors obviously, but you don't want to go into like a way too saturated market and you might not want to go into a market where there is no competition because maybe there there's no market there for a reason. And then really just map out like, if you want to start a socks company, who are all the competitors in the sock space? Okay. But what type of socks are you doing? Like athletic socks? Are you doing like cool vibe socks, you know, and then really map those out and be like, okay, great. Like, so now you've mapped it out. Then you want to really figure out your value proposition. Like, why are my socks going to be better than these socks around me in the market? And then what's my branding? And um, I think branding is so big, especially Mm -hmm. nowadays. If you're trying to build a brand on social, you need to have a strong brand, a strong identity and a strong value proposition. And that needs to be communicated in everything that you do. So that's what I would say is the first step is like really figure out what that market looks like and then build that value proposition and then start the normal processes of a business. Yeah, no, I think that that's really, really smart. And it is important to know who your competition is, what they're doing and what makes you different than them. Because I do think also when you were saying like, don't start a business just to start a business. So many people just want to start something because they want to quit their job and like do their own thing. And they feel like they have so much freedom and so much free time and it's going to be so fun. And like, yeah, it's not like you were saying there is so much work and so many headaches. And again, takes a toll on your mental health that it's not all just like, oh, now you're free to travel whenever you want when you have so much free time. Like it's so much harder than that. You have so much more responsibility. Definitely. 
Well, thank you guys so much both for coming on. I have loved interviewing you guys. And again, I'm like a huge fan of your brand. And I was really excited when you guys said that you want to come on my podcast. But where can they find 437 and where can they find you guys? 437 you can find on Instagram. It's just at 437. And then you can find both of us on Instagram as well. Hyla is at Hyla Nairi and I'm at Adrian Detio. Um, yeah, that's pretty much like the main place I'd say you can reach us. We're also, I guess, on all other platforms as well, but Instagram is our go-to. Um, check us out on TikTok. I feel like that's been our most recent strategy is to get big on there. So visit us at 437TikTok. Awesome. Yeah. TikTok is blowing up with even like the fashion world too. So I actually have seen your bathing suits a lot on TikTok, like the one that you can wear in so many different styles. So, so many people are doing the TikTok of like all the different ways to wear it with like the music in the background. Send them to us if you see more because I haven't seen too, too many. Oh, yet, really? So. Yeah, no, I'll send you one because I know one of my friends actually did one. And then once I saw hers, I started seeing a lot of other ones that are similar. So I'll send it over to you. Amazing. Thank you so much for having us on. It was so nice meeting you and getting to speak a little bit. Yeah, it was so nice to meet you guys. Thanks again. No, this has been great. Um, We hope to connect in person after COVID sometime. And yeah, thank you so much for having us. Thank you guys so much for listening to today's episode with The Real Real Podcast. I hope that you guys enjoyed it. And be sure to stick around for next Monday's episode. Thank you guys again for listening. Be sure to give it five stars if you guys enjoyed this episode and liked the podcast. If it ever brings you any value, please give it five stars. Join the Facebook page. Follow us on Instagram. All of that good stuff. But anyways, thank you so much for listening and I will see you guys next week with another episode of The Real Real Podcast. Hey, my name is Lovan Roomf and I've been working my ass off as a celebrity stylist by day and a podcast host by night. At The Low Life Podcast, it's all about keeping it real. We're talking fashion, beauty, to religion, sex, drugs, mental health. I mean, there's no topic off limits here. And vulnerability is mandatory. You can find my podcast, The Low Life, that's L-O, no W, everywhere and anywhere you listen to your podcasts. New episodes are out every Thursday. We'll see you then.